Hey, welcome to the Faith NFM podcast. We appreciate your time today, and we encourage you to head on over to faithnfm.com where you can find the notes for this presentation, as well as links to all that's happening around Faith Assembly. Our hope is that this message helps move you forward in your faith journey. Well, good morning, Faith. Uh, Glad that you're with us today. My name is Blake. It's always a privilege to be hanging out on one of the most exciting Sundays of the year. It's Baptism Sunday. Um, Yeah, it's going to be a great time. So I want to encourage you. If God's moving in your life during this first service and you feel like your next step is to get baptized, come back out for second service, or maybe you want to cheer on those going public with their faith, I want to invite you to join us immediately after our second service. It's going to be a great time. Um, I want to kick off. I want to ask you a question. How many of us know that life is messy, right? It can be messy. Uh, And you know where that mess starts at? in our minds, right? Like, you know, a a lot of times we can let a lot of things spill out and we can think certain things and go down certain paths and our mind can can be overwhelmed and and we can start thinking a little messy, right? Um, I remember about about five and a half years ago, um, if you looked at my life on paper, everything seemed all right. I had a beautiful wife, beautiful children, house, a couple cars, living in an amazing place, a, a city most people go to vacation to. And yet I remember going through a season and thinking, God, I don't want to get up. God, I, I'm, I'm, I'm empty. I don't have energy. I remember my relationship with my wife, my spouse, a, a lady who loves me so dearly and just saying, I don't know. I remember being in the moments with my kids and so short and so quick and and being like, what am I supposed to do? You know, there's moments when when our our mind becomes a mess. There's moments when we feel frustrated, where we feel burnt out, where we're filled with depression and depression and anxiety, and we just want to give up. We're kicking off a a new series these next three weeks called The Mental Mess, ultimately talking about where we need to to lead our minds to be. Look, my my job right now and my hope isn't that you just become, to give you a quick fix, that if you're maybe sliding into an area of mental illness to say this is how you get out of that because the truth be told, when we talk about mental illness and we talk about the mental games in our mind, the truth be told is so much of applies to us in our context of our lives. So my hope for the next three weeks is to to give you some foundation, to to lay that foundation so that you can leave here stronger, more equipped to handle some of the things that you're going through. And this is what I want to point to you today. The big idea, if there's one thing you can take away, is simply this. Shape your mind or your mind will be shaped for you. Shape your mind or your mind will be shaped for you. Descartes, the the famous mathematician and philosopher, says this, and maybe you can help me if you've heard this. I think, therefore I am. I think, therefore I am. Or maybe you're not really into that philosophy stuff. Maybe you're a little more familiar with that guy by the name of Kenny Rogers. He says, you know, you, you have to know when you need to hold them. You have to know when you need to fold them. 
You have to know when you need to walk away, and you need to know when you need to run away. And in other words, some of the great country songs give us some of the greatest advice. How do we think? See, how we think determines how we live. How we think determines how we live. Now, this is church, and I'm not going to be here to say, hey, let's look at some philosophers or look at some country western music to get our thinking, but let's look at the Apostle Paul and his advice to us. I want to invite you, join me to Romans chapter 8. We're picking up, and Paul's talking in this context of a spirit-led life, but how to live a spirit-led life begins in the way we think, in the way we develop our thoughts. Remember, when we shape our life, it determines how we live. So join me in Romans chapter 5, verse 8, or excuse me, chapter 8, verse 5. Those who are dominated by their sinful nature think about sinful things, but those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. So letting, let me just dial in that, so letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death, but letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. If you're following along with me, taking notes, if you read, write, and recite, I want you to highlight this word, the word letting. We see it in verse 6, and we also see it, we see it twice in verse 6. And in other words, you have control in how you think. We have control. We have to come to this. And that leads me into these three truths that I want us to start with this morning when it comes to our thought process and thinking. Truth number one is you control your mind. You control your mind. Now, a lot of us are like, hey, sometimes my mind just goes down rabbit trails, right? Or sometimes our minds kind of like are this abstract kind of cloud that appear, and you're like, how am I even here thinking this process, right? But we have to come back. Paul says, you letting you. That means we have this understanding that you control your minds. You control your thoughts. So if you're thinking negatively, that's on you. If you're going down certain areas when it comes to what you're consumed with, what you're processing with, that begins in your mind. We also see another truth for us is this. If you don't control your mind, your desires will. Your desires will. Your cravings, what you're maybe kind of hidden away, tucked away in your, your closet where no one else sees that, that secret something that you have in your life, if, if you don't take hold of your mind, you're going to be led by some of the desires of your life. So maybe right here you might be thinking, oh man, I already got that Big Mac ready in my mind, thinking after service with some Mac sauce and some French fries. Maybe that's a good thing for you. Maybe you need to be like, whoa, I need to get control of my mind. Or maybe truth number three for us is this. When your desires control your mind, you'll have poor mental Paul talks about this throughout Scripture, throughout his writings in the New Testament, that our desires are actually a form of slavery that will never be satisfied, and we'll talk about that a little bit more. But today, as we enter into this three-week series talking about the mental mess, my hope for you is this, that we begin to lay this foundation for you, that you leave here understanding that you are empowered to control your thoughts or something else 
will. So my question for you this morning is this. How are you shaping your thoughts? How are you shaping your thoughts? So let's talk about this. How we shape our thoughts. First is this. We need to prioritize mind management. Prioritize mind management. You have to make it a priority in your life. We are mind. I know that sounds kind of like out there and different, but, but let's just look at the fundamentals of life, the basics of life. What? We can go three weeks without food, three days without water. We can go three minutes without air and oxygen, okay? But we can't go three seconds without thinking, right? Any overthinkers in the room? right? Like, it's like, whoa, you're like running everywhere right now. Even right now, you're thinking about what you're going to do at home, what, what game's going on, you know, who's going to win the series, Lakers or Golden State? Who cares about the NBA anymore? And you're like over here, man, is this preacher almost done? Like, do I need to wake up? How's my outfit look? You know, like, this is what, like, I'm always processing, like, how am I going up here? Like, oh, they're falling asleep, like, wake up, you know, like, that's, my mind can run everywhere when I'm up here. I don't know if your minds can run around, Right? Like if there was an Olympic competition for overthinkers, most of us feel like we could win that game, right? Like win that competition. Now some of you are like, yeah, I don't really think much. And you kind of see, you're like, you know, like we won't go there. Uh, but yeah, you have to prioritize mind management. We have to look at our minds. We have to think about our thoughts. I know that sounds a little different, but Proverbs says this in, in 23 verse seven, it says, for as he thinks in his heart, so is he. What do you mean, thinks in his heart? The word heart, lev, or levav, we see in the Old Testament approximately 800 times. It's talking, when the writers say heart in the Old Testament, they're talking about our innermost being. And in other words, they're talking about our thoughts, our emotions, our intentions. We have to think and, and process how is our heart leading us? How are our emotions leading us? What are my intentions? Are my thoughts healthy for in the way I, which I should live my life? So uh, I want to highlight this statement for us is this, that good mental health is not about thinking perfectly, okay? It's not about saying I have to have everything organized, think perfect. What it is about though, it's about managing our mind through our thoughts, our emotions, and intentions. Because, right, we all said together that life is pretty messy. Life is pretty challenging. It's not that you won't face something, it's how you navigate that something that, will, can, that can deter you into a really hard time to say, hey, how am I managing my thoughts? Am I prioritizing the way I'm thinking? Am I, am I saying, is this gonna be better in the long term? term. My wife and I ask, ask ourselves this question, and it's a leading question in life. Does it really matter a hundred years from now? So the way we look at our life, does it really matter a hundred years from now? Because the, the truth is, we face a lot of difficulties. Loss of a loved one. We, we get insecure. We talked about doubt these past couple weeks. We get frustrated. We get confused. We hurt. We're in pain. You know, as a follower of Jesus, we'll be the first to say that God doesn't ever promise us not to encounter pain. God doesn't say there's going to be a, a life without hurt. God actually says it's about how we navigate that is what matters. The difficulties is what matters. 
The psalmist says this in chapter 23 and verse 4, even when I walk through the darkest valley, understand that. Does this say, hey, you may go through a dark valley? No. Does it say like you're going to avoid the, the valley and stay on the top of the mountain? No. Even when I walk through the valley. So how are we processing? How are we prioritizing our mind? Some research I've been looking up and, and when we're talking about mental health says this, that we are the most medically advanced society that we've ever been in the whole globe. And yet, check this out. Our mortality rate is actually on the decline. First time in decades. Scientists and people who study sociology and history attribute that because of poor health mind management. See, prioritizing our mind is the same way that maybe some of us prioritize the way we eat. Maybe you're into clean eating. Maybe it's into fitness. Maybe you prioritize your banking and, and your bank statements. And you look at all that. The same way that you prioritize those elements in your life is the starting point for how you shape your mind. You need to prioritize your thoughts. In the morning, are you kicking off and saying, how am I thinking? The night before, how am I going to think? Healthy, unhealthy, our mind management matters. We also see this, when it comes to shaping our mind, we need to protect our mind. We need to protect our mind. It's crucial that we understand just how sensitive our mind is. According to one study that was published by the Journal of Social and Clinical Psychology, found that exposure to negative news stories can lead to increased anxiety and stress. We're on the opposite side. Exposure to positive news stories can lead to increased happiness and well-being. So in other words, if you go home and you pick your favorite news channel, CNN, CSNBC, maybe it's like a, a Fox News, and you watch that cycle on repeat for an hour after hour because you got nothing else to do, it's I, I want you to do something. I want you to chart what's negative and what's positive in that hour you spend watching the news. You'll be overwhelmed by the negativity that you've experienced versus the positivity that you've experienced. See, I would suggest to you go watch a lot of YouTube videos about puppies. That would make things really good for you in life. We're saying, hey, you know what happens over in Europe in X, Y, and Z, or what's happening over in California? And everybody's like, oh my goodness, it's California. And you're like, yeah, we live in Florida. Yes, you know? Like, but, but that's what can happen. You have to protect your minds. Understand how sensitive your minds are. Media exposure is huge to us. Proverbs 4.23, going back to this, this word heart, guard your heart above all else for it determines the course of your life. What's taking place inside, you need to guard. It's on average now, children and teenagers spend seven to nine hours on some kind of screen, video, entertainment. So I guarantee, I have a couple of those kids, my wife and I, we protect it pretty heavily in our house, but I guarantee my kids, Whenever we do give them a little bit of that privilege, they're not just watching Veggie Tales. They're not watching The Chosen on TV. They're finding the cartoons. They're, they're kind of scanning the different things that maybe that mom and dad wouldn't be so prone to let them watch. 
seven to nine hours. I guarantee they don't fill that lot with just good things. So as a parent, what do I have to do? I have to make sure they're protected. In the same way, you have to make sure you're protecting your minds. It's vital, a little bit of dosage of, oh, I can watch a little bit of this, you know, on TV, it's not that bad. What you're allowing to seep into your mind can be detrimental to your mental health. Proverbs 23, 19 says this, my child, listen and be wise, for keep your heart on the right course. Keep your heart on the right course. So what needs to, you need to listen and be wise. Keep your heart. Who's going to keep your heart on the right course? Not mom, not dad, not your spouse. We are responsible for our heart, our innermost intentions, emotions, and thoughts. And here's the irony of it. You know, a lot of times this is what you have to do. You have to often protect yourself from yourself, right? Protect yourself from yourself. If you don't want to eat that bowl of ice cream, don't buy ice cream at the public supermarket. Like, it's simple as that. You have to protect yourself from yourself. Because in Jeremiah chapter 1, or 17, verse 9 says this, the human heart is the most deceitful of all things. What is the most deceitful of all things? Our heart. I don't think we understand just how uh, misled we can be if we're not constantly evaluating our, our thoughts and our intentions and our emotions and desperately wicked. Art's desperately wicked. Who really knows how bad it is? I mean, that's strong, potent language. We have to protect yourself from yourself. We have the saying in my house, if you're not busy, you're bored. Uh, my wife and I, uh, we, we simply try to fill up our schedules. Because when you're bored, bad things happen. Um, your pastor, this guy, uh, I've been kicked out of school a few times when I was in high school, uh, experienced some in-school suspension as well. I wasn't the cleanest student. I'll be honest. I'll be forthright. It is a miracle by the grace of God I stand before you. There's some other dark stories that I could probably share with you. You'd be like, oh boy, what is going on with this guy? It was the saving grace of Jesus in my life. But this is what I do have to tell you about. Those times that I made some big mistakes that led me to spending some days away from school when I was in high school and, and getting in some of the trouble, what happened in those moments was when I was bored. Maybe what happens in your moments when you're not protecting your mind. Maybe it's you're sitting at home by yourself. No one else is around. Thoughts run. Maybe there's no accountability around you when you're at work and you kind of just say, hey, you know what? Like I can, I can kind of text this person here. I can maybe look at this person's social media and, and you're not putting up the safeguards in your life. You have to protect yourself from yourself. You have to protect your mind. That's why I encourage you. That's why I say, get busy. Do something, get involved, find a hobby. Have an adventure with a loved one. You know, when you get involved with your kids in sports, what are you doing? You're spending time watching the sport games, watching the activities. When you go fishing, what are you thinking about? You're thinking about the next big fish that you probably will not catch, right? 
When you're going on a date with your spouse, that lucky someone, you know, and you're like, oh yeah, what are you thinking about? You're thinking about dessert, right? Like, come on now. You got to protect your mind. You got to occupy your mind with things that are God-given, things that are healthy, things that are going to lead you in the right direction. Because if not, it's very easy for your mind to fall into a mess. And then when it comes to shaping your mind, you need to pursue God's presence. Pursue God's presence. This sounds really churched. It sounds really like, hey, tell me something I, I, that I don't really already know. You know, come on, Pastor Blake. Like, what do you mean pursue God's presence? I mean just that. You really have to anchor in and pursue God's presence. And Jesus' most famous sermon on the, arguably the most famous sermon in Matthew chapter 6, verse 31, it says this, seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. If I were to ask you right now, what's your priority? What are you in pursuit of? What would your calendar say? Would your calendar say, hey, you're pursuing God? What's your weekends look like? Is it spent at church? Is it spent involved in a faith group? Is it spent involved hanging out, talking, and, and, and reflecting on what maybe we're discussing today? What's your bank statement look like? Does your bank statement match your pursuit of God? How are your daily habits? Are you pursuing God? How are your relationships? Are you pursuing God? See, earlier in Matthew, when Jesus is discussing seek the kingdom of God above all things, he's actually drawing a contrast between those who don't and those who are. And uh, let me just sum it up in this statement. If we don't seek the kingdom of God, we're going to be occupied with worry. If we're not occupied with God, we'll be occupied with worry. Jesus speaks into you'll be occupied in your fitness, you'll be occupied with your food, you'll be occupied with with your finances. But he also says this, one of the Beatitudes in Matthew chapter 5 verse 6, he says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be what? Satisfied. They shall be satisfied. So we have to ask ourselves this, What is my mind occupied with? Am I pursuing God? Because when we pursue God, we're satisfied. And maybe you're in here right now and you're struggling a little bit and you're trying to figure some things out. Maybe you haven't been pursuing God. Well, there's hope for us. Part of coming in here, maybe it's your first time in church and you never thought you'd be at a church. I got news for you. This is the step in pursuit of God. Or maybe you're in here right now and you're struggling with some things and maybe you haven't been pursuing God like you should be. We can draw hope from this example of Isaiah. In 1 Kings, we see Isaiah, he experiences this mountaintop experience. He defeats hundreds of enemies, these false prophets. And then he runs for his life because his life is threatened. And he gets to this point where he's depressed, ready to give up, ready to call it, just to call it and and say, I'm done with life. And then he has this God moment and God leads him to this mountaintop. The wind blows, doesn't hear God. The earth shake, doesn't hear God. But then God comes and he hears God through 
a whisper. See, no matter where you're at, God is always a whisper away. He wants to have a relationship with you. He wants to start and, and be the Lord and leader of your life through his son Jesus, that when you believe in him and you confess your sins, you are saved, you are made new, and you can start fresh. So my encouragement to you is no matter where you're at, it's never too late to start pursuing God. And then when it comes to also shaping our minds, we need to praise God in all circumstances. We need to praise God in all circumstances. One of the biggest ways we praise God is through our prayer life. And I got news for you. If it's big enough to think about, it's big enough to pray about. If it's big enough to think about, it's big enough to pray about. Dr. Caroline Leaf, she's a brain scientist, neurologist. She actually studied this, and I thought this was mesmerizing. She says this, it's been found that just 12 minutes of directed, focused, daily prayer can actually show up on a brain scan. That's, that's pretty crazy. And in other words, when we pray just 12 minutes, it actually impacts us physically. Now, if you've been following Jesus for some time, you understand just how real we are about prayer and how much prayer matters in your life, in your faith journey. But I think sometimes we skip past that. There's real evidence of prayer. It's not just some abstract thing that Christians do. But pray in all circumstances. Praise in all circumstances. I know personally there's moments when, you know, I, I don't necessarily, there, there might be somebody I have friction with a little bit, you know, like maybe the relationship's the best and I'll, and I'll walk by and I, I don't know, maybe it was like a hard time in a relationship, but I really have to like pause. When like maybe I'm opening a door, none of them are sitting in here, I promise. And I really have to stop and say, God, I'm praying for this individual. I love this individual. Yeah, they said some really mean things to me. They treat my spouse in not a very kind way. But God, I'm praying for that individual. I'm praising that you're still going to use them even though I don't know how that might be. Or maybe you're going through something right now and it's, you, you feel hurt and pain and your mind is about to explode because you're faced with some real difficulties. You fell back into addiction and you're like, God, I don't know what to do now. Praise God in that circumstance. Say, God, let me pursue you. God, shape my mind again. God, I want control. Lord, let me be spirit-led. Maybe you're in here right now and you've experienced tragic loss, Lord. And, and, and you don't know what to do. It just feels so jumbled. Praise God in that circumstance. Take a, take a moment when that, when that thought rushes in. Say, God, I'm going to give you this moment of prayer. I'm going to give you this praise right now. I'm going to trust you. I'm going to lean into you. Praise God in all circumstances. Shaping our mind means we praise God in all circumstances. Because it's very easy to get distracted, our heart's deceitful, our heart will lead us. We can always take a moment and say, hey, God, I need you right now. Shape my mind. I'm praising you in this circumstance. In Psalms 34, before we dive into the passage, this man by the name of David, King David, the greatest king in all of Israel, God's chosen people in the Old Testament, he had moments 
where he's running for his life. To this one extent, this one period of time, he actually runs into this, the, his enemy's land, the Philistines. He's finding safe harbor there and a safe haven. And, and as he's spending time there, he's, he doesn't really know what's taking place. He's like, God, this is the route you've led me. This is where I'm at. What is taking place? Like he's, he's, he doesn't know what to do, essentially. Anointed king, but running for his life. Had some serious enemies. King Saul was pursuing him. And this is what he writes when he's living in a place he gets... He gets displaced from his home. He's running for his life. And this is what he writes in Psalms 34, 1. He says, I will praise the Lord at all times. I will constantly speak his praises. I will boast only in the Lord. Let all who are helpless take heart. Come, let us tell of the Lord's greatness. Let us exalt his name together. I prayed to the Lord and he answered me. He freed me from all of my fears. Those who look to him for help will be radiant with joy. No shadow of shame will darken their faces. In my desperation, I prayed and the Lord listened. He saved me from all my fears troubles for the angel of the lord is a guard he surrounds and he defends all who fear him church praise god in all circumstances i don't know what your circumstance is right now but i do know a god that can help lead you through that so i want to leave us with a little homework this week and uh I'm just asking you to choose one of these. The first one is this. Prioritize. Address one issue that's been on your mind this past week. Maybe it's been with somebody. Maybe you need to manage through the issue, not try to get around the issue. Now, if you're a A A plus student, I want you to do all four of these. But I know some of us, you know, C, (laughs) it's awesome. Choose one. So first, prioritize. Secondly, protect. Reduce your media intake by one hour this week. Maybe it's like, hey, you don't need to watch Fox News. I mean, Tucker Carlson's not at Fox anymore. So like you can give up that hour of your night, you know, like maybe you need to reduce that that media intake. Sit outside, talk with a friend, read a book, watch puppy videos. Nope, that's media intake. See, test. And then maybe you need to pursue. Seek God in a different way. Go on a walk. Maybe you need to just drive to the beach. Ask a friend to take you out on a boat. Maybe you just need to go to a, a, a different place. Maybe you just need to do your devotionals in a different place. Pick up a different devotional. Pursue God in a different way. And then also praise God. Commit to 12 minutes of daily prayer this next week. It can change your mind. Now... Dr. Caroline Leaf's, her study was eight weeks. I'm just asking us for do one week. Church, our mind needs our control. So I'm going to ask you, are you going to shape your mind or are you going to allow something else to shape your mind? We continue to just love and admire our good and heavenly Father. And the way we're going to do that is I'm going to ask everyone, if you'll go ahead and join me in stand. We're going to lead into one final song. Our prayer team is going to come forward at this time as well. And we want to
pray with you. Whatever you're maybe facing, whatever you're going through, whatever battle you're having in your mind, we have people that want to stand with you, want to help you through that process, help you through that thinking. And our, our heart is this. Today we celebrate baptisms, those going public with their faith. And uh, maybe right here, the place you need to start when it comes to shaping your mind is a relationship with Jesus. Jesus died on the cross for us. He atoned for our sins. We're, we're broken, messed up, mixed up people, and we have this thing called sin in our life. When Jesus goes to the cross, he's the ultimate sacrifice, so you and I don't have to go to our cross. And then three days later, we celebrate this at Easter time, Jesus is raised from the grave by the mighty work and power of God. For that, he sets everything right. He fills the, the void, the chasm between us and God, and he's the bridge that we can experience everlasting life. And if you want to know Jesus, we have a team right here that wants to lead you in beginning a relationship with him. So I'm gonna pray, and then we're gonna sing, and then we have some final remarks. But I would encourage you, continue to shape your mind and shape it in the way God has in store for you. Let's pray and then let's sing. Lord, we give you this moment right now. We say thank you for everything you've done in our lives. Lord, for those who are going through some mental conflict right now, whatever illness is pressing in and whatever thoughts they're dealing with, Lord, we're praying for just a renewal, a restoration. Lord, we're praying for a, a redirection. Lord, we pray right now by your mighty hand, let us be spirit-led, Lord. Let your spirit lead our thoughts in our thinking. We give you this moment right now, God. Lord, for those making a real decision to meet you and to follow you, we pray that you give them boldness, not just to sit back, but to take a step forward. God, you are able. You see our needs. You hear our needs. We give you our needs in our great and in your great and holy name. We all say amen. Hey, thanks for listening today. If you have any questions or would like to speak to someone concerning this message, we invite you to fill out our online communication card at faithnfm.com. And if you're able, we'd love to have you with us in person on Sundays at 9 a.m. or 1045 a.m. or on the best night of the week for Wednesday prayer at 7 p.m. We're at 7101 Bayshore Road in North Fort Myers, just two miles west of I-75 at exit 143. Thanks again for listening.